Hey there, it's the Jew from the Chew on This Podcast, letting you know you can leave comments, questions, and suggestions a number of ways. Reviews and comments are appreciated on iTunes and YouTube, and you can check out our daily postings on Facebook. Our Twitter feed and Instagram is at Chew on This Pod, and of course, as always, you can email us directly at Chew on This Podcast at gmail.com. So there you have it, folks. Short of a bat signal or an Avengers card, there's all the ways you can let us know how big of a nerd you truly are. Enjoy and chew on this podcast. Welcome to a very special episode of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ Vic. So because of what's happening this week, we got Batman v Superman coming out. And we already did the Batman one, so thanks for sticking around and doing the Superman one. So what what we got for the first time this time is we're going to actually debate with some uh, fans out there, uh, friends, that actually like Man of Steel, whereas opposed to me and... Uh, BJ can't stand Man of Steel and how it fails miserably in, in, in a lot of aspects. So on the call today, we actually have Dan and Steve from all the way from New Jersey uh, talking to us today. And they're on the side of Man of Steel is a good movie, comic book, and regular movie. It's East Coast versus West Coast. <laughs> Although you're actually East Coast. Right. So why don't you say hi, Dan and Steve? Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, guys. So let me little, let me a little background. So I I met Dan through flag football. Um, didn't know he was a a, a nerd like like I was. Uh, Steve, I've never met before. I don't think. So why don't we, uh, Dan? Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, really quick, about you know what uh, what qualifies you to debate with us today about Man of Steel? And Steve, you do the same thing. Okay, well, I'll start. Um, basically, I've been into comic books since my uncle actually turned me on to them when I was like around nine, and I've been reading them ever since. And I've pretty much watched every single comic book movie that's come out since then. So I feel that gives me like a good perspective on what would translate well from the comic medium into the movie medium. So have you seen the Roger Corman Captain America? I'm just I'm quizzing you here. Oh no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're still okay. You're what, still a, what? Wait, what about what about the uh, what about Dolph the David Lundgren Punisher? <laughs> yeah, I did see that one. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. What about you're the in. David Hasselhoff Nick Fury? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. All right, you're good. You're good. All right. What about you, Steve? Uh, kind of the same story as Dan, uh, same uncle turned me on to comic books and I've read them most of my life. I actually own a lot of comic book memorabilia and paraphernalia and whatnot. Um, unlike Dan, I won't say that I've seen every comic book movie out there cause it's, 
because I haven't, but I kind of see comic books through a clear lens. I'm not one of those crazy fanboys that if it's not like 100% accurate, the entire movie sucks. <laughs> I for what it brings to the genre. So Okay, that's good. Very that's, cool. That's good because that'll be a good that'll be a good way to explain to us why uh you guys actually like Man of Steel. So, do you want them to go first or um yeah, why don't you guys go first because throughout the entire podcast of the four listeners that listen, they know that we don't like Man of Steel. So, <laughs> yeah, so or let's anything find out what... Zack Snyder. So, why don't you guys let us know um collectively why you guys like Man yeah, of Steel? Absolutely. All right, let's Steve take uh, the first one on this. Okay, now I will be the first to admit that Man of Steel does have its flaws. It is by no perfection a – I mean, it's by no scale a perfect movie whatsoever. But I think what it brings to the comic book genre movie, especially for DC, the company itself, is really ahead of what we've previously seen out of Superman, such as uh, Superman Returns and movies of that caliber. So I think a very interesting take on the movie, too, was that they didn't introduce the concept of kryptonite as Superman's weakness. He kind of fought his battles on an equal playing field with other Kryptonians of his caliber. So I think it really humanizes the aspect of Superman that he can get, like, you know, the crap beat out of him from other things minus kryptonite. And there actually are other people of his caliber that can, you know, pummel him down. So I think it's really good on that front. Now, while I will admit that the portrayal of Lois Lane is a little weak on that front, not mostly due to writing aspects, I think that overall it's a new take on Lois Lane where she's not so much the damsel in distress type where Superman always needs to save her, but she's kind of like a partner, a partner to Superman in that regard. So I think that really pushes the boundaries on that, uh, on that aspect of like the Superman Lois Lane Lois Lane relationship, and also the fact that like a lot of people do not appreciate what the colony ship was as the Fortress of Solitude. Now I'm the first to admit that it is not the comic book Fortress of Solitude. It is far from it. It is a very good adaptation slash prototype to the. Uh, Fortress of Solitude in the fact that it is the place where Superman or Clark Kent learned of his Kryptonian origins and learned on how to be Superman. So on that front, I think it did very well. While aesthetically it was very lacking in the Fortress of Solitude that we all know and love, it was a good like artist adaptation of what that movie's Fortress of Solitude could be. Also, you also this was one of the first, or in my opinion, the better uh, movie adaptations of what Krypton was and its destruction. Now, the comic book-wise, everyone knows that the Krypton Sun is the reason why Krypton died. But in this movie, it was because they basically cored out the planet looking for raw materials and the planet collapsed in on itself. I think that is a very good, logical... Um, real-world aspect adaptation of why the planet would be destroyed rather than the sun just blew up. So, and the fact that they made Clark, or Kal-El, given his Kryptonian name, at the time be the first natural-born Kryptonian in centuries, or generations, my bad, um, it really heightens on his importance of why he was the single Kryptonian to leave. Also, the fact that Jarell was the scientist that discovered that the planet was going to be doomed 
really emphasize on the fact that he wasn't just like someone picked out of the bunch. There was something special about him. Okay. We got a, we got a debate here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dan, want to add to that? Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Billy and what Steve said, basically we uh, DC doesn't have the best, you know, overall record when it comes to movie to uh, comic to movie adaptations. So I think that it, it did pretty well with the Nolan Batman series. And then when it came out with uh, the Henry Cavill Superman, the man of steel movie, I think it showed that they, they could, you know, string together a couple of, you know, movies that actually made, you know, that made sense. They weren't complete and utter crap like Superman returns was. So, I think that, and also, like, just the way the characters themselves were portrayed, like, having Lawrence Fishburne be Perry was a great, like, casting, because he's, a, in my opinion, a great actor. And had having Henry portray Superman was, uh, you know, I think that he had the best Superman portrayal since Christopher Reeves. So I think that while it wasn't, exactly how the comic book would portray Superman. I think that the casting choices that they made for the most part really, you know, they really hit home on them. Also, I think that another big part of it is that this movie started what Marvel started with Iron Man because Marvel kind of stumbled into the cinematic universe where they have this entire chain of movies and Man of Steel was DC's starting point because it's the first continuous character that we've had that spanned outside of their genre into like a team movie that's actually going to make their cinematic universe. So I think while the movie isn't perfect, it was one of the best stepping platforms that we've seen for comic book movies in a long time. Okay. Are those most of your points or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did they, com- did they just compare Man of Steel to Iron Man? Though? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, so right. I, I, I wouldn't say they, they uh, I'm gonna, just because that was the last thing that you said. I don't think Marvel based on record and interviews uh, and movies themselves actually stumbled into their universe. Because if you remember the at the very end of, of Iron Man, um, Samuel L. Jackson shows up as Nick Fury, so they had an intention of doing it. The only the only caveat to that is that if, if if Iron Man sucked, they would have never been able to do it. So the groundwork was laid in in Iron Man, the first movie. Um, and to your to both of your points about um, when you were saying, you know, they did a good job with <clears throat> Christopher Nolan's Batman. I got to say that it was Christopher Nolan who did a good job with their Batmans, whereas WB kind of were hands off because they were making so much money off of his movies, they gave him kind of a, a leeway to do the movies because what you, what you'll notice in the, what's happening now ever since Deadpool came out. And this goes to, this goes to what happens in, you know, a lot of things that me and Dan love is not just movies and comic books and, and football, because what ends up happening is that once one thing is, is successful, people try to just Emulating. copycat it, yeah. it, but in the wrong way. So in, in this way, Man of Steel, when they were advertising or talking about the movie beforehand, they were saying they wanted a more realistic Batman. They basically used the same words and verbiage that they did for that Christopher Nolan used for Batman. And the problem that I have with that is that 
<clears throat> if you read the Superman comics and then read the Batman comics, unless you know, there's a one there's one decade or so where Batman is uh, Batman's kind of cheesy too, but <clears throat> for, for for overall Batman is in the darker. It, he he basically works in the shadows, whereas Absolutely. Superman does not. He doesn't he doesn't have that kind of <laughs> feel or tone to his movies. And I'm okay with bringing Superman and Clark Kent into this day and age. Um, but when you start using terms like dark and moody and, and brooding, brooding and like that's, and that's not Superman. You not. can have Superman with emotion. You can have Superman, you can have Superman trying to figure out who he is in the world, but he doesn't have to be dark and brooding. And everything that Zack Snyder has ever filmed has been dark and brooding. I don't think he's ever filmed anything happy. I think if he filmed his kid having a birthday party, it would be fucking dark and brooding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, Batman definitely lives in the, you know, well, I mean, just look at Gotham and Metropolis. They're not both these dark places. I mean, Gotham is, but Metropolis is more like, you know, the, the, the future of, you know, tomorrow, you know, that type of city. So it's, lit up and all that stuff. And um, I think what they're trying to do aesthetically is try to be different than Marvel, but it see sometimes just to be different. Doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. So like, right. I mean, Superman's supposed to be much more, I, I mean, colorful. Just look at his uh, suit is really muted and dark and, you know, you can barely even tell. What and it, it kind of contradicts the what they, I, what I did. One of the things I did like about man of steel is they took the symbol of S and didn't make it as an S. Like he didn't create it here. He said it meant, meant hope. I did like that too. But then why the fuck is your movie so dark and brooding? <laughs> <laughs> the, the dark hope. Yeah. Dark hope. Hope <laughs> is at the end. And you know, so, but I mean, every point that you guys brought up it, it, I, those are the actual things that I actually did like about the movie. Yeah, Everything that you guys too. brought up, love the Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Amy Adams is a good actress. Um, all those things that you guys brought up are true or, or, or the things that I like, there's some really badass moments in that movie. Cause like we've always said, Zack Snyder films, a comic book scene better than anybody that I can think of. Oh yeah. But uh, well, maybe other than, um, Jesus, I can't think of his name right now. Who did the uh, Avengers? Uh, uh Sweden. yeah, Sweden. Right. Um, cause there's some really good comic book scenes oh, in yeah. that, but, <clears throat> but the problem is, is that it's, it's what brings the movie together that we have a problem with that things don't make sense. So, so just so you guys know how we think about movies, no matter what it is, I don't care if it's a talking monkey that talks out of his ass, as long as within that world that you build that talking monkey that talks out of his ass makes sense. Like, don't tell me that this talking monkey talks out of his ass. And then for the rest of the movie, he talks with his hands and does sign language. That doesn't make right, any sense to me. Right. I want to see so, that movie, by the way. I want you to write that. <laughs> so, but the, the, the Man of Steel movie that Zack Snyder was trying to do, um, it didn't come through like it, it was supposed to. Like, I didn't, here's the, here's my problem with it is if, if you want a Superman that is, is gloomy or, or trying to figure out his place in the world and try to figure out himself, he needs, I need to care about Superman and, that didn't happen. I think it was you, Steve, who brought up Superman Returns not being a very good movie. I'll argue Superman Returns is a better movie than than Man of Steel, and it made more sense to me with less plot holes than than Man of Steel did. And here's here's my big thing for that is that I I believe, in my opinion, Brandon Routh was a better Superman, uh, yeah, for sure, than Henry Cavill. Now, if I'm drawing Superman, Henry Cavill is jacked and has the chiseled chin. He looks like Superman. 
but I could give two shits about his, his Clark, version his, of Superman and right. Clark. Yeah. Um, whereas in Superman Returns, there's not a lot of action in that movie. I mean, I mean, Man of Steel was basically an answer to all the problems that Superman, Superman Returns was, but they forgot about plot and caring and about their and character development. So, I mean, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's, I mean, both movies have major problems where there's no action. It's the same redone for Superman Returns. But I think they went too far to the right with, with Man of Steel, oh. trying to put too much action. And, and nothing's more evident now than what's happening of Henry Cavill's out there even two weeks before Batman v Superman comes out. And he's still, he is still trying to explain away the destruction that Superman causes at the end of the movie. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't explain that. If you defend the, if you're still defending the destruction three years after the movie came out, there's like, something wrong. <laughs> there's something wrong. Yeah. I mean, if you're right, you're right. You let it go and don't need to bring it up 15 million times. So I, the problem that I had with, with Man of Steel is that he, I mean, he has absolute no regard. Even though he has regard for human life, he has absolutely no regard for human life. I mean, at all. I mean, the, the destruction of his town, his hometown, the destruction of the city, you know, at least the Superman and, you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman said, let's, let's take this elsewhere, kind of, you know. And even the Superman Returns Superman saved people. Yeah. Because as the city was falling apart, he was going around saving everybody. I think I can count on one hand how many people Superman actually saved. Now, minus the destruction of the world engine, because, yes, that saved the planet. So right. you know, we'll give him that. We'll give him that asterisk. But as he's destroying Metropolis, I don't think he saves anybody in Metropolis other than Lois. No, and, and, and there's, there's a really funny – I mean, you've brought this up so many times in conversations, yeah. but that funny moment – you got to talk about that moment with the truck. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so if you're, if, this so, is not so the writers, the writers have always tried to explain that this is a Superman who's only been Superman for a week, which I get. So he doesn't understand the destruction that he causes in Metropolis as he is being thrown around, which, okay, in the heat of the moment of a fight, you probably don't care. You're just probably going to fight. However, there's one scene that contradicts everything that Zack Snyder and the writers and Henry Cavill have tried to defend. And the scene that I'm talking about is Superman is thrown to the ground. He basically bypasses and is thrown past all these people, all these bystanders just watching the destruction happen because they have nowhere else to go. They're in the streets, and he's thrown in front of this parking garage. Zod lands in front of him and then kind of like kicks over a gasoline tanker. And it's like an Easter egg because I think it's LexCorp. It's LexCorp, yeah. So, Lex that, so that part happens. But instead of Superman actually stopping, and, and this tanker is moving really slow where he could have just stopped it. He just kind of nonchalantly hops over it and lets the tanker destroy the entire parking garage. <laughs> and the fact, Because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he just got thrown past a lot of bystanders, he has no clue whether or not that parking garage is – void of people and he just lets that thing be destroyed so if do you guys know the scene i'm talking about yes okay so in your superman because you like the new super the you said you guys like the way that this superman is portrayed well given all the facts that you know i'm i'm okay with the fact that he's been in a week i'll give him the fact that when he's being thrown around he's not realizing destruction but when he nonchalantly hops over uh, um a gasoline tanker and lets a whole entire parking garage get destroyed without even knowing what's in the parking garage. 
and the people around it. And they, yeah, and exactly. How, how do you guys defend that scene? Okay, well, you can approach this from a lot of different ways. One, I'm not disagreeing with you. That was a very un-Superman act. <laughs> it was, you're 100% right. I do not feel that our like Boy Scout Superman would have let that gone by. Now, while we obviously do not see into what the character is seeing or whatnot, the argument could be made that he did use some that he did use his x-ray vision or whatever it's not my argument but the argument could be made that he used x-ray vision to make sure someone was not in there now why i disagree with that because i do not think he had the time to do that it, that is an argument to be made but my argument shown. but but if you're going to argue let's argue with what actually happens on screen let's not say like he could have done this or just defended in the fact that like something actually happened on screen or or his character development i should say like something explain don't what I'm I guess what I'm trying to get at is if you want to defend it, defend it of what actually happens on screen based on his character development, based on things in the world that are happening right then and there. Cause I, I would never defend a scene where it's like, well, maybe he did it off camera. Well, if it's off camera, it doesn't count. Or if it's okay. not acknowledged on camera. Yeah. Or, or don't defend it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make just say like Zack Snyder just uh, thought it looked cool. We can end the podcast now if you guys say we're both right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I completely agree with that. But you also have to remember that they're portraying like kind of the aspect of – you can obviously tell that they're drawing more from the new 52 Superman with the inspiration for this character of how yeah. – of how they made him. So the thing is that even in New 52, when Superman gets into a fight, he, and this is the more experienced Superman, in the heat of a battle, he does make mistakes like that. So my defense is that because Zod is posing such a threat to destroy the entire world, in the heat of the battle, he probably does not make the conscious decision that, oh, wait, there could be people in there. He's more focusing. It's kind of like the Doomsday scenario. He's more focusing on killing or defeating the thing that could possibly destroy the world rather than the parking garage and the Lexus in the parking garage behind him. But at, the, at that point in time in the movie, he had already saved the world. He's just stopping Zod now. No, yeah, but you, you have to remember what Zod said. Zod said that after, even without the machine, he would still enslave all of all of humanity and basically right, right, right. anything that he didn't want. So yeah, but stuff. if you if you remember the scene though, he hops over it like he's just walking over a puddle. But the, and in this case, the puddle destroys an entire building. <laughs> right. So I, I, I just I just chopped that up too. It was just aesthetically looks cool, but. But honestly, like when I watched it, I didn't think it was cool at all. I was like, what is he doing? That's so stupid. <laughs> like, I, I got it right away. I was like, that's not cool. Like, what is that? Um, but besides all the plot holes, I mean, every movie's got plot holes. But this thing, like, has so many moments in it where you're just like, what What the hell? Like, what are they thinking? Right. <clears throat> well, here's here's where I think they could have actually, like, saved a lot of uh, well, not a lot, but uh, I think Steve, you had mentioned the new the way that they showed Krypton, um, which was different. Every every time we see Krypton, even in the Supergirl TV show, when we see like the Fortress of Solitude, it always mimics what Krypton's supposed to look like, and that's based on the Richard Donner version of it, um, or the Richard Donner movies that we've seen. I think it's also in the comic books like that. But in this version, it's very like mountainous and things like that, so it looked pretty cool. My problem was the fact that. 
um, in the other versions, they had no um, idea, and they like in the in the Donner version, the planet just starts blowing up because of the the, the sun, sun, the sun, because yeah. they had no idea what was going on. They didn't know, and even in that version, there's 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 this there's this I don't I can't remember where I heard it from, but they could fix the plot hole of um, well, if you knew this was happening the whole time, why did you build such a small ship? Yeah, in both instances, they could have built the ship big enough for the three of them to just fly off. And I don't—I've never understood. It makes sense either. because even in this version, when 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 Zod is stopped, they have—I don't know how much time passes, but they have this time where you know he's clearly been taken into custody and they get put on trial. Now I don't know how it works on Krypton, but. You got to wait months and months before you get on trial in America. <laughs> so I think it was right I'm away. pretty sure <laughs> they with, just shot one of the judges <laughs> with a with a uh, with a uh, with a species and a planet as advanced as Krypton was. I'm pretty sure they could have built or had ships already uh, to go that could have gotten off the planet. I don't know. In all versions of Krypton, it looks like I wouldn't find a fucking work there or live there. That place looks it looks awful. It looks awful. It looked like a like a like a. It looked like Avatar for one thing, flying around yeah. on the beasts. Oh right? uh, yeah. But uh, it just looks drab and it doesn't look livable there at all. But I can't I can't defend I can't defend or uh, not like that part of Man of Steel when the Donner version does the same thing. Yeah. Where like yeah. you're just like, well, just, why did you nitpicky. just build that? Just like that's straight from the comic books. Yeah. But I'm just saying like if you're gonna upgrade if you're gonna upgrade the story to where Terrell come with him. <laughs> yeah, like make it, make it so it makes sense that they couldn't build a ship in time and they couldn't do. And the big, I, I don't know if this was supposed to be a twist in the movie either, mm-hmm. but when they were trying to find the codex in the movie, that oh, had all put the, it inside of him, but that made it very obvious because like, as it was disappearing, the bright white beams were shooting into little Clark's penis. But, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I'm shooting little Kryptonians everywhere. Yeah, and it's like it's like well, well did that's Zod pretty. See that though? No, he didn't yeah, see he that. Didn't but see it was me. like, but it was almost like they were trying to do this little plot twist where like, oh, the codex isn't on the ship. Like, no shit, it was it was it's in Clark. Okay, so what 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 were they accomplishing there? He was going to go to Earth and start shooting his little. I have no Kryptonian idea. Yeah, I don't know how he was everywhere. supposed to. Um, that was never really addressed. Do you guys know about that or no? How were they supposed to regrow Krypton? Or how was Clark supposed to? Like, yeah. what was the point of putting it in Clark if you had never, if you had no intention of ever actually doing it? What if you just grow old and die? Well, no, because on the the fort, the quote unquote Fortress of Solitude that is presented. Ship of Solitude. Yeah, the Ship of Solitude. <laughs> which, it's a colony ship. The when he's oh, talk- that's right, that's right. He has all those embryos of Krypton ready to be. Um, seated so that way they can make new Kryptonians and all they need is a codex that's inside him. So you're saying Superman was going to seed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Superman was going to be the bastard father. Super of all jerk the- off. Yeah, so that's a lot of bastard kids right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's way worse than Superman Returns. And Superman Returns, he just has one, one kid. kid. <laughs> Who has asthma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So we have asthma. What's that? It's super-powered asthma. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So, okay, so you guys mentioned um, character development. Well, there's one character in particular um, that besides – well, there's one character in particular. I think it's Kevin Costner's um, character. Oh, God. That we – when we watched the wait, movie, on, we did on. not I want to know, know Steve's and Dan's opinion about 
about this version of Jonathan Kent. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah because there's, guys... a, there's a big thing about, for us, there's a big thing about Earth for, for Clark um, and who he becomes. And I think that's why one of the another reason why we can't stand this movie is because of Jonathan Kent. But I want to know what you guys thought about Jonathan Kent in this version. Okay. Well, compared to both other uh, cinematic and comic book versions of Jonathan Kent, I feel like this, I feel like one, they kind of downplayed the part that their son is an alien a lot. And they're like so nonchalant about it, at least in like both the comic books and other cinematic things. Jonathan Kent at least acknowledges that, you know, what Clark is, and he tries to veer him towards being like a normal kid. But in the way that they made the film, I think this Jonathan Kent, while it's not what we're used to, fit with what the film, like, needed slash the way it was going, because this Jonathan Kent understood that his son is basically like a freak of nature slash alien. So I think it's it's really summed up to the tornado scene when Jonathan basically non-verbally tells Clark to stay there. It basically sums up the character that he cared for Clark in a way that we haven't seen Jonathan cared to the point where he knew that mankind wasn't ready for what uh, Clark was. So he was willing to die to prove the fact that Clark should grow before he reveals his secret to the world. So while I completely agree that it is very different from the Jonathan Kent that we've had in previous years, it's a Jonathan Kent that fit for this type of movie. Hmm. Okay. You want to go first on this one? Um, well, I was just going to, you you can talk about the man of steel version of Clark Kent or uh, Jonathan Kent, but I just remember, um, you know, the, the version in uh, Smallville and the version in, um, the Superman with uh, Christopher Reeve, uh, Jonathan Kent was like, you know, he, he was kind of a stern individual, but he was like really caring and soft and he, and he, he would, you know, really nurtured uh, Clark and really, um, you know, cared about him and, and told him, you know, I don't think he waited. I don't think they waited until he was like really old to tell him that he wasn't from earth. I mean, I think he knew kind of really early on, that he was different and that he wasn't from this world. And so they kind of nurtured that. And, you know, um, I, I, one thing that was similar was that the Kevin Costner, you know, character, same as the other ones were like, you can't obviously fight or play football or do, you know, do stuff that, that would be, you know, you're, you're too good for that. You know what I mean? Like Correct. it's not even fair. It's too strong. You're too, it's not, it would definitely not be fair. And plus it'd be just a complete useless waste of your talents, you know? Um, but anyway, I, I like the, the Jonathan Kent version in both Smallville and um, their first Superman way, way, way better than, um, than the new Jonathan Kent. My, my problem with the, with the Jonathan Kent, Jonathan Kent in, in this version. And I understand that they were upgrading all the characters for, for this, but in the sense of the core of Superman, um, that's the one character that you shouldn't change though. He's, he's integral yeah. part of his life, you know? So the, the, the core values of Superman do not come from Jor-El. They don't come from him being Kryptonian. They come from Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. and they could not have hammered home more than, the, and then, in this version with Kevin Costner's Jonathan Kent, then be afraid, 
hide yourself and actually let people die because there's that one scene where oh, he gets caught, right? He gets caught and, and Clark flat out asks, what, what was I supposed to do? Let him die. And Jonathan, without even blinking, says, maybe. Yeah, sure. Maybe. <laughs> Which pretty means yes, yes. Yes. And he doesn't even, he doesn't even acknowledge like, no, you should have been more careful. Right. He just flat out says, you should have just let him die. Mm-hmm. So it made no sense to when, like to the point where he sacrificed himself. And I, I get what you were saying, Steve, where, you know, this new Jonathan Kent tried to believe in something and tried to hide his son because, you know, people freak out over the littlest things nowadays. And I, I get that. But the core values of Superman trying to he he goes from his one major influence, Jonathan Kent saying you should let all the kids die on that bus so that so that you don't get found out to all of a sudden he meets his real father who's a hologram basically and in less than a week he's like okay i'll save the entire planet it's that's not, a big character change it's a huge change and not just that but he, everybody knows who he is everybody <laughs> yeah. knows who superman is by the end of that movie yeah there's everybody. parts there's parts of problems with that but that, i mean that's not that's not the jonathan kent <laughs> thing like no. he, yeah it, it's a major flip from jonathan saying hide yourself to lois basically telling everybody who clark is like of the movie so so what do you guys think about that do you think do you think that you know this just this jonathan kent actually doesn't do what the other jonathan kent's are doing like you can you can be afraid of it but you can't flat out say like you should have let a bunch of kids die in a bus and then expect all of a sudden this flip like it's almost as it's almost as bad as like it's actually kind of worse if you think about it than Anakin flipping in, in Revenge of the Sith it, because it way worse. because you see that change happening throughout the other movies or whatever, and then it, it does happen fast in that movie. But in this version, his major influence is telling him, "Be afraid, hide yourself, don't get caught," and right. like, and then he goes Let from that die. all the way to, "I'm going to save the entire planet." Not to mention, not to mention when we're talking about everybody knows who he is, he fucking goes to a church in Smallville. In Smallville, where it's called Smallville for a reason, where everybody knows everybody else, and he basically tells the priest, "Yeah, those those aliens that we just saw on TV, they're looking for me." Yeah. <laughs> and the priest, what the confidentiality agreement? Yeah. Does that work with aliens yeah, too? No. Like, <laughs> so I what, think I think I could be forgiven. What He's do you an alien, think? come get him. <laughs> what do you guys think? Well, I think that. See, I think that really speaks to what Superman in his core is because you're completely right in the other Jonathan Kent's he's kind of nurtured the that different factor and this one it's very they're not ready for you they can't handle what you are you need to hide yourself but I think it's I think it's more of not that you should like hide yourself for the rest of your life and make let everyone die. But I think what Jonathan is saying is more along the lines of people aren't ready for you yet. When they need you, then they'll be ready for you. So I think that really talks to like that tornado scene. And then later in the movie, when he meets Jarrell in the um, ship of solitude. And good job. And he's talking to him. I think it's not so much that Clark's had a 180 because Clark's always disagreed with Jonathan on that front that he shouldn't save people. I think it's more of an acknowledgement that, you know what, I think the world is ready now because I know that I'm no longer the only one or could be the only one. So I think it's 
more, it's not so much of a complete change of his character where he's like, I must stay hidden from the light. And then all of a sudden, no, I need to be called to the light. I think it's more of a, now I know that I can step out from the shadows because now these people need me and they'll be more willing to accept me. And also, I still didn't really accept him because the army, even after he gave himself up, even after he gave himself up and said, I'll take responsibility for this. I'll, I'll, I'll save earth by giving myself up. Fucking freak show from uh, Christopher Maloney. <laughs> freak, show. freak show from Harold and Kumar. He fucking says like fire on everybody in a small town. And like we, we <laughs> watching this movie again, nobody saves fucking anybody in this movie. No. <laughs> the army just fucking fires missiles into a small main street town. Nobody is evacuating the town. <laughs> Superman tells the people who have the same abilities as he does say, go inside, go inside. What the behind fuck? Behind that glass door. Behind that, behind that <laughs> you'll creepy, be okay. Behind that smallville creepy glass door, you'll be safe in there. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's getting thrown through buildings and shit. The, <laughs> the army, and, and, then it, the and then it isn't until Superman saves Christopher Maloney's ass where he's like, this guy is our friend. He's not our enemy. Really? What gave that away? <laughs> when he was trying to save everyone else or trying to like fight these aliens that were fucking destroying the main street? Oh, okay. He said freak show for Harold and Kumar, not the guy from SVU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Stabler. Yeah, Stabler. Stabler. Like, yeah, there you go. Wait, what's his name in the actual movie? The military guy, a douchebag guy. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what his name is. But, well, he dies anyway. Yeah, he dies Spoilers, anyway. Spoilers, everybody. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, it, you know, there's, there's so many core problems with this movie when it comes to... <laughs> My God, I, I would love to know the body count. Somebody needs to tell me the body count in Man well, of Steel. Here's, here's the other problem. Because somebody have. did the money count. Somebody said that oh, it was yeah, like, like over billions in the yeah, billions. So that means, but that would mean like a lot of people died. Like a yeah, lot of true. people had to have died because there were buildings that fell before people got evacuated. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. One of, one of the issues that I had was um, it was easier to figure out who Superman was more easier than, you know, than Green Lantern. Um, like you know, but they, that they, happens in the comic books too. But I know, but you know, Ryan Reynolds just has that little strap over his eyes, and you can tell who he is because his five o'clock shot is the same all the time. But like Superman, like I just remember watching the Christopher Reeve run, and I think I've talked about this before. But like in Superman two, I remember when Lois figured it out. You know, because he burns his hand. You know, he's supposed to have oh, burned his really hand. Good because you saw it's him so good because you can see. Christopher Reeve transition from Clark Kent to Superman. He was always hunched over with his hair all slipped back and his eyeglasses on. And you see when she figures it out and he goes, damn it. You see him like totally stand up straight and then take the glasses off. And you're like, fuck that's Superman. Yeah. Even in the Superman returns version, even in Superman returns, he does a really good job playing Clark Kent. Not as over the top and comedic as right, Christopher Reeve, but but he still did a good job. They show the differences. In other words, in this movie, there's really no difference between Clark no. Kent and Superman. And his hair is not as slicked either as in the no. Batman v Superman he version. He was on a hat, some jeans. The, and- right, the Superman, the Superman in this Man of Steel basically has the same hair. Right, all the almost all the time. And right. in the the Batman v Superman one, it's a little bit more slicked, closer to. You know, I kind of noticed that in the commercials, he does look a little different. Yeah, I think the hair is a little different, bit different too, but. But in this version, there's really no distinction between Clark and, and, and Superman. And I know they're the same person, but but the problem is is that Lewis figured it out in what, like a month? <laughs> like in two minutes. Yeah. I mean that 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 solved the all that solved like the ongoing thing of all the time with 
Lois is supposed to be this Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, yet she can't figure out the fucking guy that she works with is Superman because of glasses. <laughs> well, I think that's just the irony of it. She's just so well. They kind of they kind of fix that part here, but yeah. there's other parts of like just tell her right away. A lot of people don't like a lot of people um, know who Superman is now, and, and we, there's lots of examples of that in the movie where there's the one scene where again Lois somehow ends up where Clark is. And Lo and Clark or Superman at this point in time is checking in on um his mom, mom. and Lois gets out of the car, get is brought to the Kent, Kent's house in a cop car, no no further than like ten feet away from the car. Instead of saying Superman, she yells out Clark, <laughs> clear as day <laughs> to the cop. Right. Right. And then Superman's within eye shot of of uh, Perry and all those and, and the new uh, Jenny uh, Olsen and, you know, starts making out with Lois <laughs> and it's like, okay, well now everybody in the entire world knows that you care for that girl, for care for that woman, you know, cause that was the biggest thing too. Yeah, that was the I big don't. conflict with Superman. A lot of times was that he can't get involved with anybody or let anybody know who he is or let anybody know that he cares for people because they would always go after them. Well, you just showed yourself to the world and you just showed yourself to the world making out with this woman. So, yeah, I didn't like that either. I liked I liked how they did in the original Superman how Lois found out. I I really liked that because I think in a way uh Clark or Kal-El or whatever um wanted Lois to know. Like he dropped that hairbrush in the fire on purpose and grabbed it because yeah, he, subconsciously. he it, without subconsciously exactly. And I think this one they just kind of she just kind of figures it out. And I, see, I liked how Raimi did it in Spider-Man. Spider-Man, even though he took the mask off every five seconds. I mean, uh, Mary Jane didn't know until the kiss. Until well, no, didn't know until the end of Spider-Man Two when he has the mask off. And and Doc Ock is there and all that stuff. She sees him for the first time. Yeah, that that but, part that part kind of messed me up because like you kind of thought that they figured it out and that she figured it out at the end of the first Spider-Man. Remember they have it upside oh, down. Oh, she kind of like yeah. looks at him, but she's not sure. Yeah, you know, but they never but, address it again. Yeah, that's true. So, what do you guys think about that? What do you think about everybody knows who Superman is after well, a week of being Superman? Well, see, I think I think that that time frame is why it's so important because before. It, it's already established that Clark Kent, like, you know, works at the Daily Planet and his alter ego is Superman. In this movie, it's kind of like bef- there- before he was like a domesticated Clark Kent, like like in the other movies, he was already like working at the Daily Planet for, for a time. So you, you already saw like the more human based um, like Superman. In this one, he doesn't act like Clark Kent because it's for most of the movie, it's the Clark Kent before he gets integrated into human society for most of the movie. He's, you know, by himself and he's doing everything he can to, to not be seen or heard from. So that in that way, I think that's why you don't see like the, the more normal, like human based Clark Kent than you would in the other, in the other versions of them. Exactly. And see, like Dan said, most of the time it's Clark Kent. That's then Superman. This movie kind of did the reversal on that, that the fact that he's Superman first, and then he goes to be Clark Kent at the daily planet. So don't get me wrong. I, I love the fact when Lois, you're totally right. When Lois finds out that he's Superman before it was, it was phenomenal. Like that was done perfectly. But the thing is that they couldn't do that with this movie because they start off this movie with him doing all these weird acts 
of like kindness and of like superhuman strength and like all that, that oil stuff. tanker. Exactly. It, and, he, he, he was looking for his, he was running around looking for his dad or something, right? Or looking around for other Kryptonian artifacts or trying to figure out where he came from. Is that what he was doing? Like journeying around with the beard, Duck Dynasty style? Uh, I think, I think so. At first it kind of seems like he's kind of like wandering around to try to find himself. But then I think once in, when we get to, uh, Antarctica. Oh yeah. This movie's full of coincidences too, but I guess that. Well, it doesn't happen until the bar where these two army guys are nonchalantly talking really loud about, about some secret alien base (laughs) or some secret alien. No, they think it's a a Japanese submarine or something. Yeah. Something where they're talking really loud, really loud. And And it's, you know, first of all, those army guys are dicks. And here's my argument for that. (laughs) So Clark tries to save that chick from being, basically sexually molested, right? <laughs> so those two army guys who are trained and supposed to protect people are laughing at Clark getting beer and shit poured on him. And I'm like, army guys are dicks. <laughs> exactly. You guys are the two worst army guys. You guys first can't keep classified information under wraps. <laughs> and then you let fucking a uh, waitress get fucking groped by some dickhead. And you laugh at the guy trying to save her. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> They're the <laughs> They're dicks. But- so once again, army people don't save anybody in this movie. They do nothing, and, and they don't save any, and they don't believe in you until you say. And how the fuck? Ass. How the fuck did Clark get a job at a secret military base, like a week later? I, like, because remember, he fucking gets basically he just leaves. Because the last scene you see him after he destroys he the truck, magically kisses them. They forget everything. No, no, that's a different they, movie. Oh, that's right. It's the other Superman. So the last time you see him after the bar, you see him hitchhiking, I guess, to the place. And then the next time you see him, he's got a job named Joe. It's like, oh, that's Joe. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, how the fuck did Joe get a job? He's working for three days and you act like you've known him for years. Like it's a secret military thing. And why does he need a job to go there? Yeah. (laughs) Just go there. Yeah. You're just like, hey, can I get a job? Well, I think so. It's not so much that he works with the military, but he works with the independent contractors that are working with the military. Why does he need a job? He doesn't need one. Yeah, he did not need a job to sneak around. I mean, use your x-ray vision or something. You are, you have these powers. Nobody will see you. He also has the power to get a job everywhere he goes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Super employed, man. Yeah, I know. He got a, he, he got a job at the crabs. I have a hard time getting crabs. jobs. <laughs> yeah, I know. He gets a job everywhere. Yeah, and all he has is a duffel bag. <laughs> Wait, actually, how did he get a duffel bag? Because remember when the oil tank blew up, he stole. So Superman's a thief in this he one, too. He is a thief. In, in Superman Returns, he's a stalker. Yes. In this movie, he's, he's a, a freaking thief. <laughs> <laughs> and he lets shit blow up. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what were we talking about again? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, all that the military are dicks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, Steve? I forgot. Oh, that, um, actually, I forget. I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know that the Man of Steel got, what was the uh, rating? 50 something percent. 50 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, there's some really like. Here's the thing for us is is, I the movie just has to make sense to me. It has to make sense within the world, and and I, I get all your points, but it, it doesn't make sense on screen. Like on screen, when you know this is, and I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make a Superman for this world, and even for a Superman for this world, there's there's just major plot holes in that movie that just don't make any sense. 
Yeah, it's like, it seems like they're really trying to do something different for the sake of doing something different. Right. And, and that that's like, why we brought up Deadpool, because yeah, like absolutely. because you do not like you I feel like I feel like people who don't understand comic books or don't understand story will will try to just latch on to something that's popular. Right. Like like there's like it just happened to be a coincidence that all of a sudden that the new Batman v Superman movie is going to have a rated R version of a Blu-ray right, right after Deadpool just destroys box office records being rated R. Like yeah, I, I agree I, I'm, what's that? I agree with that. No yeah. Like and, and that's why that's why I think Man of Steel failed miserably right then and there when they were trying to latch on to what Christopher Nolan did for Batman and I'm like that's not Superman. I was really st- you know I was really disappointed in Man of Steel for the fact that I mean after Superman Returns came out I thought Okay, now that they're redoing this, I was like, okay, they're going to right the wrong. I mean, Deadpool is a perfect example. They righted the wrong. That the, when they first introduced Deadpool, I was like, that's not fucking Deadpool. You know, they you're they, talking they, about the uh, they Wolverine yeah. origins. Origin, yeah, right. just completely ruined, almost destroyed that character to the point they may not have ever made a movie. And so, like now that they've righted that wrong, it's like okay. And the other thing is, like you know, DC's trying so hard. To like be not be Marvel, not be Marvel, but you know what? That's you don't have to do that. Marvel is just doing a bang up job making comic books come to life. Like just look at that last Civil War trailer, right? They're staying true. Well, I mean the the Civil War, Civil War is different. Civil War is not anything like the comic. I I know, but but the 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 imagery and the and the characters and all that stuff. The story obviously. Well, Civil War works because because you see those characters fighting Mm -hmm. and. The reason why it makes, it, it, I think for me, it like gut punches you is because you grew up now with those characters for what uh, ten movies, fourteen yeah, movies, yeah. to get Not to this point it. where they're fighting each other. Yeah. So it's Whereas we just got a fifty-something percent Man of Steel, where I didn't give a shit about Man of like Clark Kent or, or Superman, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden he's fighting a new Batman, right? Like a different Batman. And and why do we? And care? I was on the I was on the end of, uh, when he was hired to play Batman, I was like. I can see that. Yeah, I can, I can see, see that Affleck playing Batman. I wasn't on the side of like, oh my god, they got, they got, you know, Ben, ben Affleck to play Super uh, Batman. This sucks. I wasn't like that. I was like, I, I was the same way when Heath Ledger was cast for I was Joker. Like, All I was right, like, okay, okay, that guy's a good actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to go too far into Batman v Superman, even though that's what's releasing this week. But, um, you know, with Man of Steel, like I, I think they did exactly what, what people who don't understand the characters and I know Zack Snyder is a big a we, comic book We person. got a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, basically. That's what we got. We got a lot of explosions, we got great visuals and he's like a he's he's a step above in my opinion Michael Bay. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's not he doesn't do the the stupid dick jokes and and like stereotypical shit in his movies. He just doesn't do a lot of really great character like that, that's my problem. With with a lot of Zack Snyder movies is that I don't really care about the characters and there's always plot holes in his movies. Right, and the two movies that did work very very well were already in place that he didn't right. have to do any character. The, the Watchmen, Watchmen and Three Hundred right. was you know any I'm sure he had help and all that stuff. But so he's he's I mean great for that. But any original work, have you seen any of his original work? It fails miserably in the story and character development department. And he didn't and he, he didn't he didn't do anything differently here. It's it's crazy. It's like it's like you look at other things and you, you watch um, like when Michael Bay was announced for Transformers. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what'd you think he was going to like make Schindler's List? Like, right. You know, you're going to get a Michael Bay movie. You're going to get a, a stupid, like juvenile movie with a shit ton of special effects and, and, and explosions. 
And it's the same thing with Zack Snyder. I'd, I had no doubt that I was going to see something awesome, but at the same time, like I wouldn't care about anything that was actually happening. To right. The right. Exactly. And I mean, I want to care about my Superman. Like I want to, I want to care about like, you know, like that Superman has to have this thing where he's trying to figure out who he was or who he is in the world. And that, and if that's the direction that you want to go in, in this movie, then make me care about that. Jesus. When Lois dies in the first Superman, that was heartbreaking. Like, and you see Superman just, just, get crushed inside to the point where he, you know, flies because, around the world and because you actually cared about, you cared so character. much, you know, and in this movie, I just, I honestly, I mean, I mean, honestly, guys, out of my heart, I don't see the, the connection between those two yet. I don't, I don't see. Yeah. There's really no reason for them to be together. There's like no, there's no like oogling or ogling, whatever that word yeah. is, uh, Lois, because basically if, if anybody's as dangerous to Superman, as as Zod is, it's Lois because she fucking figured out who he. And that's another thing too. She figured out who Clark was in a in a month, right? Why the fuck can't the army figure it out? Not to mention that Superman gives clues every fucking time he talks to them. He told them that he's been on Earth for thirty three years. When he's like, <laughs> "How do we know that you're not you don't not carrying a pathogen?" Right? Yeah. He says, "Well, I've been here for thirty three years. Nothing happens." And then at the end of the movie, when he destroys that drone ship, he's like. Hey, I grew up in Kansas. I'm American as you can get. Okay, well, concentrate. If you really want to you find go. out who he is. 33 years back. Yeah, go Kansas. 33 years back. Figure out Kansas. who was born that day. Kansas. <laughs> Upgrade. Like, so what do you guys think about that? Do you think that's a plot <laughs> hole or do you guys think that's a good thing? Oh, no, no, no. That's totally plot convenience stupidity. I, I, 100- I like that. <laughs> That's going into the liner notes. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about plot, convenience, stupidity. In Man of Steel. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Looks like we're, we're kind of changing you over, so we're winning this debate, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't – look, you know, people that say that they, they like this movie, I don't go up to their face and go, you're a fucking idiot. I don't think that at all. I think I you know, everyone has different tastes and loves things for the way, you know, they love it because they love it. And that's cool. I, I like these kind of debates because we can see like what you're seeing and like, and some of the stuff that you guys have been saying, I actually agree with as well. And then you're of course agreeing with some of what we said. So we're just kind of like, you know, it's like a, you know, like a mutual respect kind of thing. But at yeah. the end of the day, we're right. Exactly. And we hate you. <laughs> and we're going to talk shit about you as soon as we turn this off. <laughs> But like, do, what? So, do you guys like it as a comic book movie, or do you guys like it as a movie? I know Dan, we talked offline about this. Yeah. Because um, for us, for us, we we hate it both as a movie and a comic book movie. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it as a movie. I think, like, to, back to your guys' point of like in the more like DC like cinematic universe thing, I completely agree with your point on that. That it's like DC wanted their movies to be something that isn't Marvel just for the sake of not being Marvel. Right. And they did take like, because Nolan's Batman did so well with the whole darker, like realistic version of it. And then they tried to, they're trying to make it the whole universe like that with, with both Man of Steel and then, you know, what Batman versus Superman is coming up. So in that respect, I, I do agree with you guys that they, they should have been more, they should have differentiated more between what Batman is, which is that his whole character is being dark and broody, whatever. And Superman being, you know, like all American, like apple pie, bright, sunny days, whatever. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I, I do agree that it was, it wasn't the best comic book Superman movie, but it was the best one that we've had 
in a long time. Um, do you think that, well, first of all, I think Man of Steel didn't do too bad at the box office, right? No, it did, it, 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 it did, it did, it did than, okay. I think it did better than Superman Returns. Yeah, I know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Superman Returns had all that extra baggage money they had to make back from the earlier drafts and all that shit. Oh, right, right. Um, oh. But I think it made enough movie, you know, money to move forward to this movie. But everything on the DC Universe, don't you guys think, hinge on Batman v Superman. If this movie fails, it's, it's, it's just going to... The whole damn thing's going to topple down. Yeah, it's going to collapse. They they built it like how Marvel did it was they built it from the ground up. Like they did Iron Man like a base of like you got to your guys' point. It did really well. But they so, had other movies too. They had the Incredible Hulk. They had right. Thor. They did Captain America. They had all these but, individual but, but movies. That, but that, see, I think what he's saying is though that hinged on Iron Man. If Iron Man oh, didn't right, work, right, 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 you wouldn't have so, it. right, right. So if that did well. They realized that they had they could go forward with a successful formula and build from there. So then you got all the individual superheroes like Thor and Captain America, and then it went up to the Avengers and it went from there. What DC is doing is they're doing the team up first. So if Batman versus Superman and like the 60 other people that are supposed to be in this movie, and it doesn't work, <laughs> then every movie, sure. the Flash and Aquaman and Green Lantern, that's all the solo movies that are going to come out for it aren't going to work because no one's going to give a shit about them. Have you noticed also that all the artwork and everything that we've seen about the Justice League, every single one of this artwork and everything for all the individual players, they all live in the Zack Snyder universe, which oh, yeah. is dark and brooding. It, it, well, Zack Snyder's doing Justice League movie one in part one and two. Right. I think it's so, a huge mistake. DC Universe is the Zack Snyder show. It's, it's which is, huge which is Which is, I want to know the person who actually hired Zack Snyder and I want to ask him some basic questions. Like, did you not see any of his other movies? Yeah. Right. Did you realize that you were just going to get a spectacle? I and think the only way that comic book movies work is when you care about the character. Right. If you just want to just throw a bunch of shit on TV, or I'm sorry, not on TV, on, on the screen, you get, and not care about anything else, you get Michael Bay. Right. You know, and then again, Zack Snyder's not Michael Bay. He's a little, but like, what were you thinking? Like, did you think you were going to get, like, Nothing that he did up until this point showed you that he could build character development. Right. And, that, and then the now you give him this multi-billion dollar contract. Well, I think it's because the ba- the basis of Superman Returns, a lot of the complaints was he didn't, like Kevin Smith said, he didn't punch anything. He didn't kick anything. He didn't do anything. He got a, a bullet in his eye or whatever that was. And then, you know, Lex Luthor cut him. That was a cool scene. You know, uh, he gets cut with the kryptonite thing, and he and he flies an island out of you know the bad real estate uh, thing gone wrong, and it was a fucking boring movie. Um, so, but of you still course, cared about Superman. You did, you did, but, but the movie. I mean, you come out of that movie going like, "Fuck, that movie was terrible," but I love Brandon Routh. Yes. So this movie, you're going like, okay, you know, they're like, "What are we going to do different?" And Zack Snyder's like, "This is what we're going to do. He's going to fucking just blow shit up, blow shit up, and and people are going to love it." I have to say, I'm watching this movie. I didn't care about the action at all. If I had cared anything about Superman at all, I would have been digging the shit out of that action because right. it is quite, it is a spectacle. You know, it is a spectacle. When you watch the Avengers and them doing their shit, you're, you're creaming your pants. You're like, oh my God, I never thought I'd ever see that in my life. But you cared about what was going on. Like, right. You cared, you cared about, like, about the characters. Something like there's that one scene in Avengers 2 where there was rumors that somebody was going to die. And then uh, Ultron grabs Thor by the throat, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, here it comes." Yeah. But because I'd, I'd I'd watched Thor and cared about Thor from two movies before, or three movies if you count the Avengers, mm-hmm. and they character developed Thor and what he had to go through to get to that point, 
I actually cared about what was happening to Thor. At no point in time, and I knew Superman wasn't going to die, but you still get sucked into this, like, you still get sucked into the story if the story is good. I think right. on one of the other podcasts we were talking about, you know, crying at the end of Toy Story 3. There was no way they were going to fucking, you know, burn all those fucking toys at the end of Toy Story 3 like, and make all these kids cry. You know, could you imagine like a burned up Woody? Like, like they yeah, were never going to do that. Right. You were never, like, you never, like, but because the story was so good and you cared about the character so much, you got sucked in and you thought they were going to die. You thought E.T. was dead. We, we've also talked about that in it, pretty much Marvel, what they've done. They've hired people the right directors, the right writers. Yeah, most of the people, most of the people have no, had no background. Like when they, they hired Kenneth Branagh to do Thor. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh was known for Shakespeare, like, like big character movies or, or Shakespearean type movies. And they got him to direct a special effects laden movie. And when he was hired, I was like, Oh, great. This, that's probably a great hire. Mm -hmm. But when they hired Zack Snyder to do Man of Steel, I got the exact movie I thought I was going to get. Absolutely. So what do, you, what do you think about – so you guys agree with us on the fact that, like, DC is actually failing versus Marvel in what they're doing? Well, because see, cause see that, that's the difference is because since 2008, when Iron Man came out, we were getting a comic book movie. Marvel made the, their intentions clear that, you know, like you guys said, if this does well, you know, we have other movies to follow it. But see, the problem is, is Marvel's had now eight years to build up to the point that they're at. DC right. doesn't have that groundwork. So what DC's doing is instead of giving us a comic book movie, they're giving us like an action movie. That's like that's the main reason why Zack Snyder's there. Like, yeah, I completely agree with you guys. Zack Snyder's not known for yeah. his for his character development, but like with the explosions and the fighting, that's that's Zack Snyder. He does that very well. So see, that's the problem that DC's having is that they're not making comic book movies. They're making like action movies with comic book characters because they're trying to make up for the lost time that they have against Marvel because they want to get to like that Avengers point, basically with the Justice League, and they they know that they don't have the time to lay all that groundwork with all these individual movies and stuff like that. So they're getting away from the comic book genre and basically making action movies with comic book characters in them. That's a big mistake, and, he, and yeah, I, I can yeah. see what you're talking about too. Totally. Because some of the best movies that have come out are not they they transcend the genre. One of the best movies that have ever come out for this genre of comic book movies have never been talked about as a comic book movie. The Dark Knight was a crime thriller. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier was a spy thriller. Yeah, those movies transcended what it is and and you're right straight up man of steel is an action movie it's yes it has a comic book character in it but it has action so over the fucking top that it's hard to it's just hard to deal with like yeah like too much like man some of the movies that the like the best comic book movies are not comic book movies right. they're just a straight up movie and i think what you're what we've all said actually what we've all said on this podcast is is is, is dc is just Banking on the fact that people want to go to their movies because of their characters. I mean, characters from the comic books. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have arguably the biggest three three comic book characters in all of comic books. They have the biggest one, Superman. They have the second biggest one is Batman. And they have Wonder Woman. And the fact that they're shoving all three into this movie 
where I'm not, I know I'm not going to care about Henry Cavill Superman. No, I'm probably I'm, not even going to care too much about Wonder Woman. Probably or not. Aquaman or Green I'm Man excited or to see Ben Affleck's version of Batman. Oh, especially after that trailer. I'm actually more excited to see not Batman v Superman. I'm more excited to see a directed, a bat, a Ben Affleck directed Superman yeah. because that guy or can Batman. make a movie. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that guy can make a movie. He is. If if you told me that Ben Affleck was directing Batman v Superman, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I would be really because excited. that guy knows how to direct. And his movies have progressed. You could see how. how what was that good. movie where where he had uh, where he played? He was in Boston. That crime thriller it was movie. The town. The, the town. town. Oh, that movie was fucking great. So good. So good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, each of his movies, all the way up to Argo, have just been progressively better, getting better, better, and better, and better and better because he has learned the art of like, you know, the character development and the story and all that stuff. And and the thing is, DC, if they just took a they, step back, if they took a step back and just and just had patience because I, we've said it before. You see Batman v Superman on a billboard, you're like, I'm gonna fucking go watch that because it's got Batman and Superman. You don't have to try that hard to sell it to me. You just need to make a good movie. Focus on that. You know? I think another problem with with having the the big team up first, and the fact that Snyder's directing both Batman vs Superman and then Justice League, is that when when Marvel did their individual character movies, like you said before, they got all these different directors to come in and and do the different movies. So you had one for Iron Man and then Thor and so on. So now, even if you get different people to do the individual solo movies, they all have to go and do them under the Snyder formula, which is a big mistake. Right. Right. Yeah. Because didn't Whedon was over kind of overseeing Marvel for after, after the Avengers, after the Avengers. Okay. To make sure all the continuity. Right. But, but what, yeah. But before then, he had no say in what was going on in Iron Man. He had no say what was going on in Thor. Favreau, I think was the guy. Favreau yeah, was a reason guy, but yeah. I think the same reason why Favreau left is the same reason why Joss Whedon left because yeah. Marvel got too involved They're in too. Yeah. So, but at the same time, you got these other people like the Russo brothers directing something like the Winter Soldier. These guys are the Winter Soldier amazing. looks ridiculous. The Winter Soldier just looks. I mean, it is awesome. It, it like it, it as as much as the Dark Knight did for crime thriller comic book movie. The Winter Soldier is a straight up. Let me awesome tell you something. Someone thriller. told me a long time ago that I would give a big shit about Captain America, I would have t- laughed in their face. I'd have been like, whatever. Especially after seeing the Roger Corman version. Yeah, I would have been like, whatever. I'm I'm a Batman Superman guy. But holy shit, you know, that Winter Soldier, that's one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. And it wasn't that's- really a comic book movie. It's so like you could take your girlfriend and go watch that. And they'd be like, fuck, you know, it's awesome. Um but uh this next one, Civil War, just looks like they up the ante and uh and I'm really looking forward to I mean, Marvel just keep that that track record of hiring directors, different writers, and and things that care about these characters, and actually yeah. spend time uh, developing them. And you know, I hope I, I hope and pray you know we get that with DC. But I, I'm I'm my expectations. There's are very no low. there's no evidence at all that Batman v Superman is going to be past sixty percent. Well, you can also see. Um, I don't know. Well, you told me this that they're expecting between one hundred and one hundred fifty million, which, which is under what Deadpool which, did. Right, and what's funny about that? How people say, you know, executives are like, "Well, that's a failure." Which to me, I'm like, hundred million. Fuck, that's like that's a lot. But Spider Man was, I think, the first one to break a hundred million yeah. in a weekend. But now you got the Force Awakens did two sixty. You've had you know Avengers do over two hundred. I think both times. 
you had Deadpool, which was expected to do 60 to 80, does double that. So if Batman v Superman, and I've said this before, it does not crack 150 or beat Deadpool, I'm right hands down saying I'm sorry it's a failure. It's it's not going to be a good. Um, no, I I agree with that. I think the the level has definitely risen, especially recently recently with the with the Force Awakens and Deadpool. You have to. A hundred to 150 million for a movie of that caliber with, like you said, the three most recognizable heroes in DC is a total failure. Oh, it's not three. It's not in DC. It's, it's everywhere. I mean, you go to somebody, you go to somebody and say like you before this, before a month ago, if you showed a picture to just an average person of Superman and then Deadpool or Superman and before any movies came out, before any, any Marvel movie Mm -hmm. came out, if you showed a picture of Iron Man and then you showed a picture of Superman, Around the world, I guarantee you more people would know who Superman is. I guarantee no, I, you would I, know who I, I was just giving them the benefit of the doubt just to yeah. do it to see. But you guys are right. It's the three most recognizable anywhere. Well, in other words, what he's saying is, is that Deadpool, who nobody even fucking knew who that was, um, their marketing campaign, you know, for the last year. Well, let's be clear that that was it's Marvel Entertainment, but yeah. that was a 20th Century Fox movie. That's true. That's true yeah. too. Which well, I, well, it's hard to say because they actually suck. Yeah, but the, the difference between that one is is that they gave them a low budget and said, "You go make the movie that you want to make. We'll stay hands off." You know, when you watch a movie, you can see a studio being involved in it. I'm yeah. looking at you, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Three. 3. <laughs> yeah, you know when when a when a studio gets involved in a movie, you know it's going to get shit on, like with yeah. Fantastic Four, the, yeah. the oh, yeah. newer version. Yeah. yeah, big time. So, so let me let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. At what dollar amount do you think Man, uh, Batman vs Superman would have to achieve in order for it to be a success? One eighty, close to two hundred. Uh, One eighty to two hundred. Just think about this for a second. It's We're, never been seen before. It's Batman versus Superman. Like, think about that for a second. The reason why that doesn't like the reason why that doesn't like make your dick uh, hard yeah, <laughs> is because we've we've seen so many good movies come out from Marvel. You know. <laughs> So many great comic book movies come out from Marvel, and they they set the bar so goddamn high. And then, and the reason why you're you're subconsciously you're probably not as excited for this movie is is that you saw Man of Steel, and even though you guys are here defending that movie and saying that you like it, you guys can still agree that that movie is probably fifty something percent. Yeah, it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's a popcorn movie. It's a, it's a, but at the end of the day. Movie wise alone, that movie is not very good. It doesn't hold up. I think I, I, we watched even the it weakest, just recently. And even like, the Ugh. weakest Marvel movie, which is probably either the first Thor or Ant Man or the second Thor and Ant Man. Well, I mean, box office wise, I think Ant Man. No, I just, mean, I just Thor, mean, I just mean like, like their weakest we, movie. Oh, if you, if you take Marvel's or weakest Captain America, maybe I, I like Captain America a lot. Yeah, I kind of do too. But if you take their weakest movie and pit it up against Man of Steel, it's not even close. Like yeah. name me a movie from Marvel that they've released, maybe, and straight Marvel, not, not like, not like uh, the Incredible Hulk. I think was still owned by Columbia or Sony at that point in time. I think so. So we're we're talking straight Marvel movie. Name me a Marvel movie that is equal to Man of Steel. I can't think of one because every single movie that Marvel has released that they that they do themselves is better than Man of Steel. Yeah, but, it's, it's a testament to Marvel too. You know for. Coming out with these big characters, then coming out with all these side characters. Do you guys have anything? Yeah, go ahead. On that? But see, like, see, that's a difference because I completely agree with you guys, but it, they're kind of movies on two separate calibers, though, because, like I said before, Marvel's made its intentions known about what 
it wants its movies to be. It basically wants it to be comic book adaptations of what the universe represents. So no movie, especially to comic book lovers like us, is going to hold up to Man of Steel because when it, when you come down to it, Man of Steel is, like I said before, an action movie that happens to have Superman in it. But Marvel's comic book movies, they're actually comic book movies that show us and enlighten the character that's in there. Even if you've never heard of, like, Captain America or Thor, you can go to those movies and understand and, like, connect with those characters, even if you're not a hardcore comic book fan like most of us are. But if you go to, like... Man of Steel or like the Dark Knight because the Dark Knight you know people to is like a fantastic Batman movie if you go to the Dark Knight you can't really connect like as much as you can with Marvel movies because you don't really have like that empathy and that care that Marvel generates with these characters because it's giving us the characters that we that we grew up with and that we've loved for such a long time and it's doing justice by them by making a movie with them that shares other genres like you said um Winter Soldier was a great like espionage spy movie and that's 100% right but that movie worked perfectly with the characters that were in it the fact that you had Captain America and the great and yeah, and the great portrayal of Winter Soldier as like the Russian spy, and the fact that they went so deep into like previous movies, like in that movie we found out how Howard Stark died. It was a great connection to the first movie, to the first Cap movie, because we have Armin Zola being the uh, computer screen in an underground bunker and has actually manipulated Shield into Hydra, what it is. The problem with DC is they do not they take their movies in like a cube. It's like this is the this is the Man of Steel movie. It doesn't go anywhere outside this box. This is just what it is. Same thing with Dark Knight. This has no reference to anything else but Dark Knight. So this is just what it is. Yeah, I think Batman v Super I think you're right. I think Batman v Superman will be the first time that DC connects the movies together because of the destruction of the city in Batman what or uh, Bruce Wayne watching the destruction, right? Doesn't he run it? That's why yeah. he's upset with Superman. Yeah. So this would be oh, the yeah. first time to see the connection, but um, yeah, I, I just, I think that DC is just rushing to catch up to Marvel. I think they, and that's why they're failing. And that's why they're failing. They, I they're, re- agree. they're being they're in the re- So there's two reasons I think they're failing. They're rushing to get to the event, their version of the Avengers, which, which is crazy because the Justice League was first. Like That's so, true. all the people who don't read comic books, Justice League was first. Way Marvel followed and made the Avengers with B characters and C characters. So there's this huge flip of like if you go back to the history and and, and Stephen Dan, you know this 100. That Justice League was the first team up of superheroes, mm-hmm. not the Avengers. And in the world of comic books, Justice League kicks Marvel's like kicks the Avengers ass oh, big time. But in the movie version, and normal people going to the movies now, they're like, "Well, what's okay? So now you're going to do Justice League? What's that? You know, not knowing, not knowing that that was the first superhero team up, and they didn't team up B characters. They teamed up A characters. Mm -hmm. They teamed up Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, all the major characters that they had. They teamed up all together. Avengers was like, okay, let's do Iron Man. Nobody really cares about him, so we'll make his issues get a little bit more money by 
you know, putting all these B characters together. It wasn't Spider-Man in there until much later on, you know, it wasn't the Fantastic Four in there until much later on or the X-Men. So those guys stayed out of the Avengers because all these other characters needed, you know, their books to sell better. Right. So that's the first, that's, that's the one reason is that they're rushing it. The second is, is that DC is very reactive to what's going on instead of being proactive. And to tie into what, you know, me and Dan love too, uh, of football is it's like the NFL. They're, they're, instead of being proactive about like domestic violence and shit like that, they're just reactive to everything going on. And DC is the same way. It's like, okay, well, we know Marvel has been building this thing this whole time. Why the fuck didn't we think about, hey, we have Batman, Superman, and, and Wonder Woman. Why don't we think about doing a Justice League? Now, all of a sudden, Marvel's making a shit ton of money doing what they want to do and telling the stories they want to tell. Now, they're now because they're reactive to Marvel, they're, they're trying to play catch-up. So, like, they're, one thing plays into the other. They're Sega right now. <laughs> Seriously, they're, they're Sega. Uh, you know... <laughs> And what well, happened to Sega? <laughs> Sega's now making games for all the other. Consoles. Yeah, Sega's now making. So DC's going to make movies for Marvel now, or Marvel's pretty gonna, much. Well, Marvel will feature Batman. Now, if DC, if, if Marvel is making a Superman movie, I'm fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's you. You totally nailed it out of the park there with that. But, um, they're just very, very reactionary. I mean, all year long they've been reactionary about Batman v Superman and and their other movies. Have you guys been keeping Suicide up with? Do you guys uh, do you guys do you guys do what we do? We go on the internet like every day and like read like news because we're big nerds. <laughs> Have you guys been seeing all these articles out there where they're basically still defending Man of Steel and trying to? Um, what was the last thing that Zack Snyder did? I forget. He did something. I, I think he was. Def- was he defending the destruction again? Something. Yeah, always. always oh no 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 no! It was it was Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. It was Suicide Squad where where they kept like trying to tell us like um Jared Leto's amazing. Jared Leto oh is so in depth in the character. I'm like, okay, so what you're telling me is you want me to have this nostalgia remem- remembrance of how into the character that Heath Ledger was, and you want me to think that this movie is going to be as good as The Dark Knight or as good as or as good as Heath Ledger's Joker. Instead of saying like instead of saying things like Jared Leto is is just has this whole new spin on it. They're talking about all the same shit that Heath Ledger did with the Joker. Right. And it's like, okay, we get it. You want us to remember how good uh, or try to remember how good Heath Ledger was, and you want us to know that Jared Leto is putting in the same dedication. Well, everything that I've seen out of that trailer blows. Yeah, it, it, it you can't. Yeah, everything that they're saying, they're not backing. It's it like up. they're trying to defend the movie before, before we even it see even it. Even comes out like months before it even comes out. Have you guys been seeing that? Yeah, I think that's because DC kind of has a bruised ego with that. That see, Marvel puts out their movies and they let the movie do the talking. I think DC is kind of like DC's that like kid who needs to reaffirm everything he says to make sure that people <laughs> believe him. That's good. That's a good analogy. Yeah. So even though DC has confidence in their movies, they want to make sure everyone else does. So they have to like shove it down our throats being like, I swear to God, it's good this time, guys. We promise. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, let's, uh, let's give our uh, final thoughts. Uh, so my final thought is um, still don't like Superman. Man of Steel didn't hold up for me, even the third or fourth viewing. It got um, worse for me. Actually. It actually got worse. I was picking it apart so bad. I was laughable. Vic, what do you think? Yeah. I, the, yeah, it, it actually, I thought like, I thought unlike, um, Super 8, which I saw, not, mm-hmm. yeah, Super 8, which I saw for the second time this week, um, I thought, or, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. as far as seeing it a second time, Super 8 held up better 
whereas Man of Steel this time actually got worse in preparation for this for this uh, podcast, our first podcast debate here. Um, Man of Steel actually got worse for me. It actually mm-hmm. got a lot worse. I saw a lot more plot holes because I was paying attention more instead of rolling my eyes. Right, right, totally. What about you guys? Did you guys uh, did you guys rewatch Man of Steel for this? Yes. And what did your opinions change after watching it again, having knowing that you were going to have to defend it to us? Uh, I I still it still kind of holds not like up it holds up to me as an action movie. Like I said, I'll never defend it on the comic book movie aspect because. I'm not like that blind of a fan to be like, it's a fantastic Superman comic <laughs> movie. It shatters my expectations of comic books worldwide. Um, no, it's, it's, it's very, it's very much what it is. It's a Zack Snyder action movie that contains Superman in it. And on that front, I find it enjoyable, but I would not hold it to the genre of where Marvel is, where they make comic book movies this is a movie with a comic book character. Okay. What about you, Dan? Um, pretty much exactly what Steve said. Like, like I was talking to you before, Vic. Like, I, I think it's a, it's a good movie, and I enjoy it for it being a good movie. But it is, it's not, it's not a Superman like comic book movie. It just isn't. But even as an action movie, even as an action movie, Steve. It, it still doesn't hold up as an action movie. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of action in it, but... but there's a lot of action, but there's, there's action movies out there like Skyfall that are, that are, that are way better. Not, was it Skyfall? Yeah, Skyfall. Oh, you mean uh, the James Bond? Yeah, yeah Skyfall. I, I'm glad you didn't say Spectre. <laughs> no, no, uh, Skyfall. Like, Skyfall is an action movie too, a crime spy action, action movie um, that is still, if you want to hold action versus action, it's, it's not the same thing. Like, it's still a much like as a movie, it fails like Man of Steel all around, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I see what you're saying. I think as a popcorn movie, I can see. I can see that. But if you, if you use the genre of action, that's it's it's insulting a lot of good action movies. Yeah. I mean, even like movies like Shoot 'Em Up, it, it knows it's ridiculous. And, and so the action works for that movie. Right. And even that new movie coming out. What is that? Hardcore Henry coming out? Yeah. yeah. That looks like it's it's like this is what it is. But Man of Steel, like the action to me didn't. It, it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't do it. it what do you think about that, Steve, as an expert? Uh, Skyfall's definitely better. No, yeah, no, I, I completely agree that Skyfall is better, but I think, <laughs> I think Man of Steel holds, like, its its own genre as, like, those, like, corny type of, like, nonsensical action movies. They're kind of like Sucker Punch. It's, uh, uh, well, that's ironic that you bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Snyder, I, I will never say that Sucker, Sucker Punch is a great movie because I very well know what it is. But it's one of those movies that just kind of holds up just because it's like that nonsensical violence, like just action-y type of movie. Now, I will never... Uh, Man of Steel doesn't hold a candle up to Skyfall or any like great action movies like that. But I think it kind of like... Like squirms its way into like its own genre as like one of those like corny like like you guys said popcorny action movies where it's just this is a comic book character doing explosions and actiony stuff so just sit there and watch it type movies. All right. So Vic and I we agree. Uh, we don't. We're never still not on board with Man of Steel. You guys. Obviously, still like or maybe possibly even love. I think Man we might have turned them a little bit, though. We turned a little bit, 
Just a little bit. I didn't turn one iota. <laughs> Vic is still a lesbian. I'm he like, ain't going to go the uh, other side. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will never say Man of Steel is a good movie or an action movie. or. I mean, it is what it is. Like, like you said, Steve, it's, it's for me, Rotten Tomatoes basically – the the, so, the rating yeah. is what it is. It's it's a fifty something percent movie. It's not Michael Bay, which is good. Um, and you're just gonna you're gonna see spectacle, and that's what I'm expecting from Batman v Superman. Um, I'm gonna see a lot of spectacle. Probably not a great amount of character development. I'm hoping I'm hoping what what um, I'm hoping what Ben Affleck did with bringing in his own writer from Argo helped the story. I, I hope so. But too. at the end of the day, it's Zack Snyder's baby. And they hired fucking Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, God. I, I, I just, I, I think. Yeah, really quick. Part. What do you guys think of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? Because every time he comes on screen, I want to punch somebody. Sucks. It's terrible. I want to stab my I, fucking eyes with, I want to stab my ears with kryptonite. A Luthor. I just can't do it. I actually went to the doctor after that movie and I'm 98% sure that I have cancer on every single part of my body. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Get some super serum, turn into Deadpool. Yeah, go get a green suit. <laughs> go get a green kryptonite suit. Not animated, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So, hey, I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, it was a great pleasure. Thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing with us. We <laughs> <laughs> can edit this thing. <laughs> I absolutely loved Man of Steel. No, hated Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, this has been a very special episode of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast, debating the shittiest movie on the planet, Man of Steel. I am BJ. Dick. And that is, go ahead, say your name, guys. Give a shout out. Steve. Man and Steve. All right, guys. All right, guys. Take care until next time. Later. Talk to you guys later. Bye. See you.